0: Have you ever been flying on a commercial flight and wondered, who are my pilots? What are their names? What do they look like? More than likely, they're Caucasian. More specifically, Caucasian males. In Canada, we have over 11,500 commercially licensed pilots, and only 100 of them are First Nations, Métis, and Inuit pilots. That's 0.87% of Canadian pilots. And of the remaining 11,500 pilots, 5.2% of them are women. This means that about 94.9% of Canadian pilots are male. To get a commercial license, it takes a tidy sum of money, hard work, and dedication. You can go through high school and go to college, but for some Indigenous people, it's easier to go to FNTI, or the First Nations Technical Institute. Located in the beautiful Tayandonega Mohawk Territory, 25 minutes east of Belleville, Ontario, FNTI allows First Nations, Métis, and Inuit students looking for a post-secondary education in aviation to get their private pilot license or commercial pilot license, PPL and CPL. Most of the students take their PPL or private pilot license and take it back to their fly-in-only communities to do small charter flights into and out of the community. Very few of the graduates take their CPL or commercial pilot license and go into the commercial pilot world, like flying for WestJet or Air Canada. This glamorous school hasn't always been the nicest. It was opened in 1986 and used the hangars that were built during World War II for the planes who trained pilots who then went overseas to fight for our country. But as time went on, with little funding from the government, FNTI began to go bankrupt. In the early 2000s, they were in the hole by over $200,000. They began to help pay for it with the extra funds from tuitions from their other programs. The biggest problem faced by FNTI and everywhere else is that the student-to-instructor ratio is 1-1. This means that it's very expensive for schools to train pilots on how to fly. As well, it's not very time-effective, costing schools even more. FNTI is the only post-secondary aviation school that is for Aboriginal peoples only in Canada. It is a small school with just under 700 students a year, about 180 of them are from Canada, and just over 100 of those are from Ontario. They offer a few different college programs like ECE, Mental Health Worker, Social Service Worker, and of course their Aviation Program. They also have a variety of university programs and standalone Indigenous degrees. They get students from mostly remote, fly-in communities in Northern Ontario. Much like the Sioux College Program or the Seneca College Program, the course is three years, starting to students learn radio operation, navigation, flight and simulator training, and like mentioned before, the PPL and CPL, or Private Pilot License, and Commercial Pilot License requirements. FNTI uses the most common type of trainer plane, the Cessna 172. This airplane is used to train pilots all over the world. These planes have been used to train pilots since 1956 and were being sold for about $8,500. These train airplanes quickly became the number one across the world. 1986 came along and there was a massive oversupply of these cheap, reliable aircraft. So for 10 entire years, Cessna stopped making these tiny, reliable airplanes. So in 1996, when they resumed production, They amped up those engines, and they made them fuel-injected instead of the old-fashioned carburetors. As time went on, 2005 came along, and there were a few modifications. But the biggest change was the fact that a new MFD, or multifunction display, was added into the tiny little cockpit. Today, over 50,000 of these Cessna 172 aircraft models have been built. Back to FNTI now. FNTI is the only Indigenous post-secondary aviation school in the country. It's tough for 250,000 Indigenous students to go to school with the people of the same culture and beliefs. With the scars left from residential schools and the countless missing and murdered Indigenous teens in Canada, I can more than see why Indigenous peoples don't want to go to school with white people or people they see as a possible threat. FNTI is seen as a safe place for the Indigenous community. Johnny Harris is a comedian who stars in Murdoch Mysteries, and in the past couple of years he's been doing a show called Still Standing. What he does is goes to a struggling small town in Canada to recognize the hard times that the town has gone through, and he makes jokes about it. Yes, this may sound offensive, but just listen to this next part. It is from an episode of Still Standing in the Tyendinaga Mohawk Territory, featuring Joanne Tabanong, the Chief Flight Instructor at FNTI. And this this is where I got the idea for my podcast. Echo Whiskey Delta, this is Mohawk Unicom. Winds are light and variable. Preferred active runway is at your discretion. Have a good flight. All right, traffic Echo Whiskey Delta is on the roll
1: 09. All right, Ready. Ready. She brought me up in a little Cessna 172, beautiful little plane. You, you go down the runway, and it's not at all like being on a commercial airliner. When you're in this thing, it teeters and wobbles down the runway, and are approaching rotation, and one. When you, when you finally take it, feels like you caught air in a Chevette. <laughs> it doesn't feel like an Air Canada plane. <laughs> it's better than an Air Canada plane. But then, that little plane purring like a kitten, and we got up to altitude, and we were just, we were flying, and 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 uh, uh, it was amazing. The territory starts at the Bay of Quincy, so everything north of the shore is the beautiful Mega Mohawk Territory. Oh, wow, look at that. And I have to say, this is the most beautiful Mohawk Territory I've ever seen, and that includes Mr. T's head. Yes. So you have control? I have control. And then she let me fly for a little while. I took, the, I took the controls. I couldn't believe I'd never flown a plane before in my life. I guess I've never flown anything, but... Perfect. You don't have any
0: flight training
1: experience? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not saying I was a natural, but you don't watch Top Gun every Saturday afternoon for 13 years and not learn a thing or two about flying. Whiskey Delta, just calling to find out your ETA here. Well, we're on our way to Newfoundland. uh... (laughs) (laughs) I can see how people get completely hooked. I can see why Joanne came back here to be an instructor. Uh, It was amazing.
0: (laughs) More recently, in the past year and a half or so, schools have been implementing programs and other things specifically for Indigenous students. Over the March break, I was privileged to go to Sioux College for a tour of one of their aviation facilities, simulators, and around the school. The reason I'm telling you about this is because while I was there, I got to see around the rest of the school. The part that really caught my attention was a brand new section of a building specifically for Indigenous people students to go to if they need anything for academic help, if they need to talk to someone they can trust, or just wanted to pop in and talk to other Indigenous students. They are kind of like guidance counselors, but they talk about anything you need. To me, although I'm not Indigenous, this made me a little more comfortable with the school, because now I know that they really are trying to do their best for everyone. Now that you've learned all this information, I want to take a second and thank you for listening to my podcast.